Welcome back in, and Super Rugby is right upon us, and I was going to say back by popular demand, and I'm not lying, we've had a few text messages uh, this week asking when uh, TJ, Tony Johnson from Sky Sport, who'll be up to his ears in research, I would imagine, with um, Super Rugby, um, He's going to be joining us very shortly. We're just getting him up now. He's there now. TJ, thank you for coming on because finally I can tell the people that have been texting in when's TJ coming back. I can say TJ's back now. Welcome in. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well. Very, very well. I do want to talk about um, a few things with round one, but I want to cover off a few, few things. Great to have you back on, TJ. Three things. Let's do them in this order. Uh, law changes, women's rugby, Ian Foster, you happy with that? Yeah. Well, you can any order you like, mate. I, do, you, do you want to start with the elephant in the room and, and talk about Fozzie first? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What? Well, what have just, you made of it? Mate, what I make of it is it's just turning into another mess, isn't it? It's a bad look what's going on at the moment, um, and you know the sort of radio silence isn't helping. But I don't understand why suddenly or why anymore there is a need to make this decision now. They were worried, I'm sure, about the knock-on effect of two big appointments internationally, one being England, one being Australia, the prospect of losing someone like uh, a a Razor Robertson to one of those jobs. But England uh, had filled their job, and having, I'd say it would have cost them a considerable amount of money to get rid of Eddie Jones, and more money to get Borthwick and co out of their club commitments. They're not going to fire him after the World Cup, come what may. Mm. Australia have got the bloke that, you know, they're they're touting as the best coach in the world, Eddie Jones, and and I don't even think nine months is enough for Eddie Jones um, to drive everyone around the twist of Australian rugby. So (laughs) I I I just don't, to me, that this domino effect that they were fearing isn't there. There's going to be some vacancies for sure. Um, I mean, Scotland are talking about Leon McDonald getting involved with Scotland. But I just don't see there's a pressing need now. And, you know, whether or not you think that Ian Foster is or ever was the best man for the job, and I'm not saying either of those things, uh, but regardless of what you think, he is the all-black coach for the World Cup and he deserves to be operating in a much uh, more... uh, I don't know, steady landscape or a solid landscape than he's been afforded at the moment. You know, it, it is only making things more difficult for him, uh, you know, and, and to the point where this week he's had to come out and, and make his claim publicly. And again, the fact that he's felt the need to do that does not reflect well on the leadership of New Zealand rugby. Yeah, that's sort of what I mentioned yesterday. I, I've said we need to divorce Ian Foster the super, uh, sorry, the All Black coach and Ian Foster, the person. And Ian Foster, the person, had to come out and speak on behalf of Ian Foster, the All Blacks coach, because he doesn't want it to affect the team. And by him coming out, it clearly is affecting the team. And I'm with you. It's like, a New Zealand rugby scared that if they don't appoint Razor or, who, or Jamie Joseph, whoever it is right now, they might not have him come the end of the World Cup. And, and I'm with you. There's, there's plenty of candidates. Well, you think about what happened last year uh, in, in South Africa. I mean, he was they were basically preparing the plate for an execution, to, to, to take a line from a song, you know, that, that he, was, he was, to all intents and purposes, gone, and, and then he wasn't. I mean, there was quite a kerfuffle before he was extended uh, the year before, and now this, uh, as I say, um, 
whether you, whether you like them or not, I, I don't think this is very becoming uh, of, you know, the treatment of an all-black coach. And he, he's got the biggest job, surely the number one priority is the World Cup this year. Um, and look, you know, the, the fact that uh, people keep going to Razor and he's made sort of comments about a, um, an announcement being imminent in the last in the next couple of weeks, I don't know that that was all that helpful. I think it ramped things up. But, but uh, I, I take your point um, that there are other candidates. And, uh, you know, there's Jamie Joseph and, and Tony Brown are a duo that have had international experience now, which has always been a prerequisite. They, if they are so inclined, they have to be in the reckoning as well. It, this is not a cut-and-dry appointment. Um, but as I say, I just don't see now what why. Uh, to me, they need to come out now and say, look, we've had a look at the situation. Uh, we feel that there's you know, enough stability around the world at the moment that we're going to leave a decision left the World Cup. And until that point, all our energies are going into helping Ian Foster and the All Blacks you know, have their best possible shot at winning a World Cup that I still think, uh, it might be against the odds, but I still think they are capable of winning. Oh, I do too. I do too. And, I, and I'm with you. In general, we have to come out and say something. But when they say something... Don't say words that say nothing. Actually make something. Make a decision. Yeah. Just make a goddamn yeah, no, decision. They've got to, they've got to be um, decisive. Well, they don't necessarily have to make a decision. Uh, it, it's, it's about actually being clear. And, you know, the clarity, I think, is the thing that's missing at the moment. And they just simply are not communicating their position effectively. Now, obviously, uh, everyone is going to point the finger at, at Mark Robinson. He's the CEO. I guess, you know, that's where... The buck stops, but you know he's got advisors around him, and there's a board there as well. And you just, you know, got to be that they, he needs to be getting the right direction and the right advice. But you know, I think they've got to put this one to bed. They've just got to put this fire out and 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 get on with the job that's really the most important this year. Mm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to ask you about women's rugby too. Of course, uh, the Black Ferns on the back of the World Cup won Team of the Year. I think rightly so. I was quite happy with that. Super rugby O pickies about to get underway. The women's rugby landscape, TJ. What are your thoughts? Well, thoughts are that. The, you know, they are operating now in a, a great position because, um, you know, the support and just the whole buzz that was created around the team last year. It was one of the, it was one of the best things that happened in New Zealand yeah. last year, that Women's World Cup. And it was such a feel-good thing. And, you know, hopefully um, they're going to be able to build from that. I noticed one thing that's uh, interesting that they have decided to, to run. Um, yes, there'll be some double headers, but they've also run a, a number of the games as standalone fixtures, and I actually welcome that uh, because when you, you know, it doesn't matter who you put on, you make it a double header in New Zealand. The fact is, is that people are still going to think that the game kicking off at seven o'clock is the main game, and they're going to turn up, you know, for that one for what they perceive as the main game. And I think by putting these games, you know, I think uh, you know, games say somewhere like Porirua, it's got a chance to really attract a, a good crowd um, to a game in its own right. And I guess that's going to be the big test now. Uh, Levin Domain, I think the uh, um, Hurricanes Poa are playing Chiefs Manawa this, this week. And Chiefs Manawa look like they've got a really powerful side. And what a great opportunity that is mm. for the people of the Horofenua Kapiti area to get to the Levin Domain. It's, it's a great ground. And, uh, you know, this 
as I say, here's the bit where they start to, to really cash in on what they achieved last year. Yep, with you there. Um, we'll hit a, we won't have time to go through all the games, TJ, but um, the, the draw makers, I feel like they've got it right for a blockbuster tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Crusaders hosting the Chiefs. I'm a Hurricanes fan, as you know, uh, but I cannot wait for this clash. Yeah, uh, it, absolutely. I did the Chiefs-Blues uh, pre-season game. Now, it was uh, it was all over the place because they played in three-thirds and they were swapping players in and out. And there was something like you know over 70 players that we had to get out, <laughs> twist our tongues around. I did feel for you while I was watching game. that, TJ. <laughs> oh, mate. At one stage, I even had a bloke playing who wasn't even on the... He wasn't even part of that 70 players. So <laughs> that's, that's how confusing it got. Um, but look, um, you know, Crusaders... Um, particularly with the whole Scott Robertson scenario, uh, you know they start as favourites again. Losing George White, uh, sorry, losing Sam Whitelock is it's a bit of a, a blow. He's obviously taken a knock to the head, and they're not taking any risks. And Will Jordan's still not available to come back. First game of the season, I I liked a lot about what I saw from the Chiefs last week. I think again they've recruited well, they've built up their strength, adding a guy like Manaki Selby Rickett to an already strong forward contingent and then of course you've got D-Mac back, you've got Brody Retallick back, two you know top class players you know Damian McKenzie at this level can be quite phenomenal and and that's the really enticing thing about this game. I think uh, the, the Chiefs would be concerned a little bit about some of their scrummaging last week. I'm sure the um, Crusaders would have eyed that up but if they can sort that out, I, I, I think they're a shot. I think they're a shot at, at, at causing a uh, a bit of a, an upset start to the season. So all you um, um, Crusader fans, get out there and force to support your team. It's, it's you know, I hope it's, it's a cracking start to the season. And it's going to be interesting just watching, Daffy, um, some of these uh, law changes come into effect. Just in short, halfback, uh, opposing halfback can't go past the middle of the scrum and make a nuisance of himself. Uh, the likes of TJ Pedernada, well, he's not playing at the moment, but if he was, he'd have to find something else to do. Um <laughs> And also uh, yellow cards. They're going to any offence now uh, deemed worthy of a yellow or a red. They'll send them to the bin, and then the TMO in the background will check and see whether it warrants upgrading to a red. It's all about saving time, not stretching things out too far on the field while they go through a million replays. Yeah, I, I read that, and I'm and the TMO is allowed to interrupt for clear and obvious foul play that the referee may have missed. So I'm just wondering yeah, if they can still do. Everything else is decided on the field, so you're not going to have them calling forward passes and etc. Uh, they, I think there's just a feeling that maybe the the powers of the TMO. Well, we know the powers of the TMO just got a bit out of whack in the, in the last couple of years. Uh, early signs of a need to speed things up, keep things moving, are positive from the Six Nations. I thought Paul Williams did a really good job in the Scotland-England game, kept it moving. No office meetings before every line-out, that sort of thing. 30 seconds to get to the line-out. Um, no mucking around before the scrums, goal kicks, etc. like that. And it, that can only be good to the game. The referees have to be consistent and they have to stick to their guns. Yep. Blues go down to Dunedin. Um, the Highlanders are capable of ambushes just about against any team in Dunedin. But round one against the star-studded Blues, it's a tough ask. Yeah, oh, boy, if there's ever a game that you want to be in Dunedin for, 
uh, apart from a final or a semi-final, of course, it's the first one of the season mm. because they, you know, they hand out all the tickets as part of the orientation. Um, welcome to Dunedin and all the students. So the zoo will be full pumping. Got uh, a, a new coach in charge, Dermot. I'm sure he'll do a good job and they'll fire up. But yeah, the Blues, uh, when they had their frontline lineup on the field in the first 30 or so minutes against the Chiefs last week, they looked really good. Uh, scrum looked mightily impressive. Um, you know, Papa Lee leading a very strong loose forward trio. Plenty of talent in the backs. Uh, I, to, to me, I think, you know, the Blues and the Chiefs both have, have got depth and talent in their squads capable of really challenging the Crusaders this year. Is Roger Tuivasa-Shek going to be the most talked about rugby player again this year or are we moving on? Well, obviously all eyes are going to be on him. Uh, I, I thought it was really good later on in the piece when they played him uh, sort of kind of on the wing and a little bit at fullback. And I liked what he saw of him. At one stage, he came racing forward, took a high ball on the fly and just looked great. And I, I always had sort of nagging doubts about, you know, initially I thought he looked like he could really be good at 12. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure he'll um, he'll be playing there and... Uh, and, and, you know, just what he's done, um, what, what work's gone in, just to try and sort of get the best out of him this year, because if it doesn't happen this year, well, then it's not going to happen. Last one, very quickly. Um, Moana Pacifica, Fiji and Drew, I think a wonderful addition. That's why it's called Super Rugby Pacific. We had Mick Byrne on the show about an hour ago. He's pretty excited to get this team. We've now got a season under the belt. They've got a proper season. They've got a home base. They've got the based in Fiji. I'm quite excited about both the Drua and Pacifica, and it's a good opening clash for those two as well. Well, it's a, a great one. It's funny, I, I was at uh, a school cricket match yesterday afternoon, and I had the pleasure of the company of Afisa Tunu for the, um, oh. to the duration. Our daughters were on opposing sides yesterday, and he was telling me they've got a whole bunch of them, they're sort of volunteers, guys, who've, uh, or people who've been involved playing before in the past. They're all going to be there helping out with the... You know, with the crowd marshalling and all that sort of thing, which is which is a great initiative. Um, yeah, but look, they haven't uh, they have lost a couple um, minor Pacifica, um, which you know is, is is not great. But then there were other guys who sort of came through last year uh, and and looked like they've had real potential. So look, it's the perfect way to start the season off for both of these teams, and you know it'll be spectacular. And I think the other one was I think Hurricanes playing against the Reds' interest in, in that game. This this is kind of make-it-or-break-it year for Brad Thorne as a rugby coach. But I see he's added, well, I know he's added to his coaching staff with our old mate Kane Haynes, who's, uh, who's going to have a, have a crack. As a, one of, he's our good friends, and he's going to be on, he's on the coaching staff this year. That's oh, brilliant. He's had a crack at refereeing and a crack at commentating, and now he's a coach with Brad Thorne. Good on him. Good on him. He's a good man too, Kane Holmes. TJ, we've got a scoop Hi, to the news. Great to have you back on board this year. Um, looking forward to it each Thursday. Okay, buddy. Cheers, mate. The great Tony Johnson there, and he'll be calling a lot of games of this Super Rugby. If you want to play Show Me the Money, 0800 150 811, four-leg multi, you pick one, me, Manaya, and Wedgeman, uh, Wedgeman, Manaya, and Sammy. Uh, show Me the Money after the news.